Hey guys, I'm Eric McLean. And I'm Kelly Gramlich. It's time to talk some ACC football. Let's go. Monday, everybody, and welcome in to the Graham Luck and McLean podcast, episode 267. ACC Under Review is done. We put a bow on it. If you missed any of those episodes, go find them, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, all over the place. And of course, thanks to Rock'em Socks for supporting that endeavor. They were awesome. And we gave away so many socks. And Mac, I think we made some people happy. That, that makes me happy to give people free stuff that makes them happy. Absolutely, KG. We got a lot of swag. Thank you, everybody, for for showing us your swag once you got it. Uh, great big shout out, like you said, to Rock'em Socks. That was really cool because uh, a lot of unique designs, a lot of fun stuff, and look forward to to doing some stuff with Rock'em Socks in the future. But it's time to to turn the page, KG. It's time to look forward into the future and how we're going to do that with the NFL Combine coming up, NFL Draft. It, it's kind of this weird time where we're flipping the page with these guys for like the the it's kind of like the end credits like i know you love marvel movies so much i do there's this great big awesome movie and then you watch some credits and then there's this little sliver that actually is more important than the entire movie just was at the end of the movie that's where we are right now that is the time that we're in getting these guys to the nfl to the next level and it's been so fun just to chat with them and today we have our guy jim Nagy coming on he's talking all things senior bowl we're we're super sad we weren't with him down in mobile but man he's got such a great eye such a great talent to you know really just evaluate you know these young men and the things that they're good at so love this conversation with him kg uh let's get right to it Welcome back to the podcast. It's so good to have you back. We were so bummed to miss the Senior Bowl this year in Mobile. Miss all the good food, all the Reese's, all the fun time. So just, you know, give us an overview. We know it was a success as always, but how was this year's Senior Bowl overall? It was uh, it was a great week. We had a really the great group of players. Um, really competitive group of guys, easy group of guys. They they wanted to they wanted to be there. They wanted to be engaged. You know, it was a new coaching format this year for us. We had a collection of assistants from all the different non-playoff teams, so that was a little bit different. But man, that was cool too. Working with a bunch of guys, a bunch of younger coaches that that uh, um, you know wanted to like be a part of something and learn from each other. So that, that was like a whole different dynamic that we've never had, which I thought was great. Um, and then the weather cooperated. Mother Nature did her thing. She was great to us. Uh, the best Senior Bowl. I've been coming to the Senior Bowl since 98 uh, as a scout. And I can't remember a more beautiful weather day than we, we had a couple of Saturdays ago. So it was uh, it was a success. I've got to say, I'm, I'm a little bit jealous hearing that because I was stuck in a frozen tundra in Dallas instead of being in beautiful Mobile with great weather and, and great friends. And so it wasn't fun, Jim. It wasn't no, fun. No, Eric, Eric. On Tuesday night, no, Wednesday night, I called five players to call them up for the game. We had a couple injuries. The first question I asked was, where are you right now? <laughs> and it was Dallas, click, Fort Worth, click, Austin, click. I hit five straight Texas guys. So finally, the sixth guy, I'm like, where are you? He's like, I'm, I'm down in Boca. And I said, hallelujah, you're coming to the senior <laughs> you're, <bowl>. in. <laughs> you're in. <laughs> So, uh, 
So no, I I understand what you were dealing with in Dallas, all that ice. It it was not fun. It was not fun. I I have to say that. And and one thing is interesting, Jim, that I wanted to touch on before we jump into some individual players here that it was intriguing just the way that that I saw that and and the things you did with the coaching staffs. Representation, man, it's so important. And you guys are killing it with, with what you're doing with minorities. I've seen some women, different things of that nature that are involved. Why is that so important to you guys at the Senior Bowl? Hey, you know, because if, if we're not using our platform, well, then who is? And we've got a pretty unique thing here. Uh, you know, we're, we're not the NFL, but we're, we're, we're just kind of a unique entity. So, again, there's a lot of things the league has wanted to try out. Um, like last year with the coaching staffs, we, we did like a coach up thing where Dan Campbell and Robert Sala took a step back for the Lions and the Jets. And they kind of were in advisory, like supervisory roles. And, and they let Deuce Staley and Ron Middleton coach. So. So that was new, um, you know, and with our scout school program um, in the summer, which was started by Phil Savage, my predecessor, really cool program. I used to speak at it every year. Um, but the one thing we've kind of changed up since I got here is we only open that up to former NFL players now. Um, so we're just trying to do we're just trying to do right and do what we can do and and use the platform as best as we can. That's awesome. And, and again, it's just cool to see that there's that opportunity and, and knowing that, you know, people that look like me or look like Kelly or look like anybody else can can do that. And I think that's that's super important. So let's get this thing jumped off, man. And, and you know, the guy that I just kept hearing about, kept hearing about, kept and I was like, man, I saw this in the season, but I think there's another step he can take. And it sounds like he did it at the senior bowl was Keon White, defensive end from Georgia Tech. He He's Man, he he's twitchy. He's strong. He kind of reminds me of uh, a Boogie Basham in the type that he can move inside, outside. What did you see from him? And then I guess what what's the best fit for him schematically? Yeah, I, I actually see the Boogie thing too. Um, I think Keon's a, a little a little notch higher as an athlete. Um, but going back to the tape against your Clemson Tigers, man, there was a couple rushes on that tape where. I mean, you know, because you, you face guys like this. I mean, you, you stymie the first move, you cut off the first move, and this guy just, like, goes into that. Yeah, he's got natural counterability. Um, you know, he's got feel for it, and he's got the athleticism. So uh, he can tie – he can string moves. And uh, so that's really cool to see. And then and then when you see him out in the open field running with people, uh, the Georgia game sticks out, the Virginia game sticks out, where they're running wheels on him down the sideline, and he's running 40 yards downfield with Kenny McIntosh from Georgia, which is in, which is crazy. Um, so, again, I tie it all the way back to when we saw Key on the first time. He was at ODU. Yeah. Uh, we had a player named O'Shane Ziminis in the game uh, probably about four years ago now, three years ago now. Um, I think O'Shane went in the third round of the Giants. He's, he's still on the Giants, and and this this young guy kept popping off the tape. And as you know, like when you're not looking for a guy and someone keeps popping off where to the point where you got to like Google his name and figure out what <laughs> year he is. That's what I do with Keon. And he was a first that tape I was watching at that point. It was his first year playing defense. So he was a tight end the year before at ODU. His first year on defense, he had 19 tackles for loss, which which tells you the guy's got instincts. Like if you have 19 tackles for loss, you're finding the football. Um so again, now fast forward three years later, here he is. He's he's 292 pounds. Um, he runs like a deer. He's got natural pass rush. So um, I was actually driving home the week before the senior ball. I'll share a quick story. Driving home from Pensacola. We did a community service day over there with some of our players that are training in Pensacola. And I get a call from Daniel Jeremiah. And he was like, he was like, Nags, this kid from Georgia Tech's really good. And I was like, yeah, yeah, he's, he is really good. 
And uh, he, and he starts naming some players that he thinks he's better than that are being talked about as like top 10 picks. I said, yeah, I, I agree with you. And uh, I said, please don't put that out on the internet before they get to Mobile. <laughs> and uh, so in the middle of the week, he pushes out this new like top 50 list or something with Keon as the number number eight overall player in the draft. I'm like, thanks for letting me at least get here first. So, right, right. No, he, he did. He, Keon had a great Keon had a great week and he helped himself. Where, where do you think he he fits better? Like, would you make him a freaky three technique or, or a, a run support DN? Where, where would you think he you know plays for 10, 12 years at the next level? I think going to a staff that's really open-minded and creative with him and, and, and really using it because his versatility is pretty unique. I mean, there's there's some guys that have, have a little bit of tweeners and they can play in different fronts or play different alignments in certain fronts, but I would let this guy go, man. I would float this guy. I'd stand him up in the A gap. I mean, he can, he can get pressure from any alignment. So he can play in an even front or an odd front. But but again, whatever front he's in, I just just let it, let him use what he's got. Um, and I think the best coordinators will do that. So hopefully he ends up with with a, a coordinator that at least open it. Kind of like we're seeing. I'm not saying he's Micah Parsons at all. I'm not making that comparison. But the way that Dan Quinn just kind of lets Micah Parsons loose, um, I hope he ends ends up with a team that does that with him. There are definitely more spots out there these days for guys like that, for sure, and to to be creative with them. Let's look at the other side of the lines of scrimmage here. And we've got Matthew Bergeron, who really held his own down at the Senior Bowl, playing both guard and tackle, showing that versatility. Um, What position do you see him being most successful in in the NFL and and where do you think he's going to end up, the O-lineman out of Syracuse? Yeah, there was uh, – I'll say this. He's got a really – I'd never seen Matthew before. We had a couple other scouts scout him, but, but this week, uh, during our week, was the first time I'd actually laid eyeballs on him. And it, in that sometimes your, your view of a player changes once you really get to size him up. What I like about Matthew, he's, he's 6'4 and change. He's got, you know, almost 34-inch arms. So he's, he's got a tweenerish body type. Like, you could play him in either spot. Um, I'm always of the mind, let him, let's bring him in as a left tackle and let's let him prove he can't do that. Right. Like, and if he can't do that, well then, then we can kick him inside to guard. But, but he was a good enough tackle at the college level. I do think he's a starting NFL tackle, but he's got the girth and he's got the width that he can also play guard. I mean, that was, that was the cool part of seeing him down here. And he had a great week. I think he's going to go probably second round. Um, I mean, first round might be a little bit of a stretch right now, but I think he solidified himself in the second round. I, I thought he was I knew, I thought he was day two somewhere, um, but after the week he had, I think it's more second than third. Yeah. Uh, talk about that a little bit more, Jim. You're saying, you know, laying eyes on him, and, and how different is that, you know, all those years as, as a scout, you know, watching tape and seeing a guy, but then also seeing him in, in person. Like, why are those and how are those different? It's it's just I mean you see the physical composition of a guy and you can see growth potential and you can see you know certain deficiencies and I mean there's a lot of things that can be gleaned from body type but that's why when we go out in the fall and our scouts go out in the fall and I, I post all those videos on Saturday game days um, we're really trying to bring the fan on the field with us so they can see that body type part because it is I mean I mean fans watch TV all the time and now they have access to you know they find ways to get access to college tape. But it's totally different when you're up on that guy. You you guys both know that. So that's what we try to do with that. But yeah, there's there's so many takeaways um, physically about a guy, whether, you know, knock knees or, you know, there's just all these, you know, sway back. There's so there's all these little things that scouts look for um, that can lead you to a different position or lead you to maybe a physical limitation. So, yeah, it's a, it's an important part. 
Yeah, no, no doubt about it. And you you use that term tweener, and I think that applies to this next guy here, and Jamie Robinson, who you know was named practice player of the week by the tight ends and wide receivers. He's at that in-between size to me where maybe he looks like a corner, but plays like a safety and, and is very aggressive, hits, has great ball skills, has a knack for ripping the ball out. He He's a guy that I, I almost think, you know, when you put that tweener word, it, it can be a negative connotation. In today's NFL, I mean, we, we've got – Big guys, small guys, fast guys, all different guys all across the defense. So I think he's going to be in a really good spot. Yeah, it, it used to be a negative connotation, Eric. I think we've gotten away from that. I mean, that would that, you know, I remember putting that in reports when I was in the league and thinking, man, I, I'm, I'm kind of crushing this dude right now by calling him a tweener. Um, but now I, I do. I think coaches are just more open minded to different guys' skill set. So um, and I've used this comparison before because um, guys in the league have used it with me. I mean, you look you look at a guy we had in the game last year, Jalen Petrie, um, who played at Baylor and was a second-round pick of the Texans, and he had five interceptions this year as a rookie, um, made a bunch of all-rookie teams. To me, he and Jamie are very similar in the fact that urgency. Like the, and, and I would have described Jalen Petrie as a baller last year, and Jamie Robinson's just a baller. Like that's, I mean, it's kind of simple, and it might sound like, hokey or whatever but I mean the guy's the guy's just a football player I mean I know that's kind of cliche but I mean he's urgent he pulls the trigger he sees it he goes um he plays bigger than his size measurables he's got a knack for you know he finds the football he's like you said just for ripping balls out like he's just he's that guy and uh it was cool being around Jamie during the week hyper competitive like wanted to be the first one out of the tunnel on game day like he he was right in the middle like to run out like he's just he, he couldn't get enough of it. So to me, I, I get a lot of uh, buddies from around the league calling about, okay, what what was behind the scenes that maybe we didn't see? And, and mm-hmm. who, like Jamie's a guy I would definitely want to draft if I were if I were a general manager. Like I would want that dude on my football team. He's nickelish. He's free safety ish. Mm-hmm. Um, he can do a lot of different things, but he's going to be starting for you somewhere, and he's going <laughs> to and, he, and he's going to be setting the tone just with his energy. Like I said, the urgency, um, his energy level is is awesome. How much do you do now a days? And, and I know, you know, you haven't been a scout for a handful of years, but the, you talk about he's a football player. He came out in, in a bowl game that wasn't super relevant, wasn't a, a super high class thing. But he said, yeah, I'm playing. I, why would I miss an opportunity? How much of something like that is like a, a grade is something that you guys look at as a scout to where if the game's on the line, do I know I can count on this guy? Is that something that you start to measure nowadays where we have so many people sitting out, opting out, looking for the next opportunity? Yeah, I think it's certainly something the teams will like. Um, I mean, I remember when Christian McCaffrey was the first guy to opt out of a bowl game. And I, I was working in Seattle and, and we and we were talking about him in the draft room, like, who does this guy think he is, <laughs> right? Like, you know, we were, we were killing the guy. Um, but I, we we're far enough away from that. I think the NFL teams understand it. I think they understand when guys opt out of bowl games. I don't think that's a negative mark anymore, but I do think it, it's, you know, checking a positive box when guys actually do opt to play. Um, and it's similar to the senior bowl week. And we had some guys that got through the practice week and somehow didn't end up here on game day. And I've gotten a lot of calls from teams like what happened with the, with the, with these guys, they want to know. So the guys that see it through like Jamie, there's no way Jamie Robinson would have been, been talked into playing out, play, not playing in the senior bowl. Like, even if his agent was in his ear and said, Jamie, you had a great week of practice, like he would have told his agent to scram, you know, like some guys get talked into that. Jamie Robinson wouldn't be that guy. Yeah, for I, I think we can all see that with, with Jamie Robinson. And Mac, you say the cheese bowl didn't matter, 
but it mattered to Florida State. <laughs> that's <laughs> right. Mattered to Florida State, and I think that speaks to to you know what he bought into there in the culture down in Tallahassee, and the fact that he wanted to finish it out. Let Let's flip the script here. Let's talk about some pass catchers, and one guy that I find so interesting is Dontavian Wicks from Virginia, because this year the Virginia offense just. I'm not sure there were words for it. Um, it. It went from Brennan Armstrong passing for a bajillion yards to nothing. And, you know, some of that were drops in the wide receivers. Wicks didn't have the year we all thought he would. But you saw him down there at the Senior Bowl. And I want to ask you about some tight ends, too. But let's start with Wicks. What, what did you see from Dontavian Wicks? Yeah, I think I think Dontavian had as much to gain from Senior Bowl week as any player we brought. Um, because of, because of what you said, I mean, it just, it didn't click this year offensively and, and I think it will. Um, I think they'll, I think they'll get it going, but, um, you know, this year there were a lot of drops and a lot of those were Dontavian drops, right? Um, I think you saw his numbers go from, I think he almost had 1200 yards two years ago down to 400 this year. So massive, you know, drop off in production and what he needed to show here was the hand consistency, just the, just the catch consistency which he did, which was huge for him. Um, what I loved about him coming into the week and watching him in the fall, even on if you just watch him run routes, um, if you just grade this receiver crew as athletes, if we're just grading the athlete component, Dontavian is right up there with the top couple guys in this class. And when I say that, when you watch the double move route run stuff, I mean, this guy can, can accelerate and decelerate for a bigger guy. Um, so he's got a lot of upside as a route runner. And, and like I said, he caught it better down here. I think that that was a focus for him. He did get voted practice player of the week by those DBs on that on that American squad. Um, so, yeah, he, he did everything he could do to help himself. You know, it was a little bit of a down year for Virginia, but uh, I think he, he started his draft process in, in the right momentum. And hopefully he goes to the combine and runs well and, and does what he needs to do there. And you do see the proof from two years ago of of what he could do when that system was was clicking more. I'll just I'll put it right. that way. Um, yep. What about these two tight ends, Davis Allen from Clemson, Will Mallory from Miami? I think both guys are kind of t- um, tweeners in terms of getting drafted, perhaps sixth and seventh rounds. And both guys had really solid collegiate careers. But what did you see from both of them? Yeah, I think both of them are going to go early day three. I think that most, I think both those guys project as really solid number two tight ends. And those guys usually go in the fourth. You know, like last year we had Jake Ferguson from Wisconsin went in the fourth. I mean, we we had a handful of guys that went there. They're right in that area. Um, I think it's going to be fourth or fifth for both of them right now. Um, What I like about both of them is their combo tight ends. Um, I was in too many draft rooms over the years where it's hard to sell just a pass catching tight end anymore in the league mm-hmm. um, because you're just tipping your hat as a play caller when you get him on the field. So, <laughs> I mean, it, it, it looks great to say, Oh, this guy caught 70 balls, but he's 235 pounds, 240 pounds. And he has got no willingness to block like tight ends. Coaches don't want those guys. You are fighting an uphill battle in draft rooms. <laughs> if you go to bat for that guy, you, I mean, your tight ends coach is going to pull you aside in the hallway outside the room and be like, why are you fighting for that guy? I don't want that. Um, <laughs> So, so both these guys can, they got size to play on the line of scrimmage. They're more than willing blockers. They've both gotten better every year as a blocker. They're both really high intangibles guys. I mean, Davis Allen had an incredible red zone period. I want to say the second day had a couple great catches, um, big target. And then Will Mallory got some opportunities in the game and made the most of them. Um, They targeted him a few times and he made some nice plays. So um, yeah, I think both those guys are at minimum. I think you know what you're getting. You're going to get a solid number two. Um, if they become more than that, 
gravy. Um, but those guys usually go that in that fourth round range. I think what impresses me the most outside of blocking, because that's such a rarity now, right? Especially with all these, you know, high passing caliber offenses, things of that nature in college is their, their skills after the catch. I mean, they can make guys miss. They'll jump over you. They'll juke you out. They'll stiff form you all those different things. They're just, they're natural, you know, with the football in their hands. And I think that certainly being that number two guy, uh, it's surprising how many opportunities you might get in the league being that guy with lack of attention, more one-on-one type situations. So you know, I'm with you, and both those guys will excel quickly. Going back to the defensive side of the ball, K.J. Henry is a guy that, man, he just worked his tail off. He, he came in as a five-star. We've had him on the show, it feels like, a million times. And, and he even said, you know, I, I was not a five-star coming out of, of high school. I don't know why they ranked me that, but he turned himself into one. And he turned himself into a guy that created all kinds of chaos, all kinds of pressures, I think was amongst the best in the entire country. What did you see from him down in Mobile? And, and Next level wise, I've seen some guys say outside linebacker, but to me, he just seems like a true defensive end. Yeah, I think I think he's more of a, a four three defensive end. I don't I don't know if I see an odd front fit for him. Um, and with KJ, I'll say this, and, I, and I'd say this in in all positivity, like nothing negative. I think there's some overachiever to him, and when I say that, it's the makeup of KJ. Um, you guys, you guys have seen it. Just the work ethic, the leadership. Um, all that stuff comes through in his play, like the pressure stuff, a lot of that second, third effort pressures, right? Um, and forget the sack numbers. I mean, you, you look at how guys disrupt an offense and he's with his length and his effort and motor, like he certainly does that. Um, so yeah, I think in being around him, I, I went up to Clemson in November to talk to those guys. Devo was good enough to let me in and talk to those guys. And, and again, he makes an immediate presence. Um, you can see why they talk about him. Um, like they do sometimes coaches talk about players and then you meet him you're like "Eh, I don't know if I see that Um, but with KJ you're like yeah this guy's a real dude you you could see KJ you know five six years from now like really being one of the dudes in the locker room that that holds it down and controls it Um, so there's a lot of value there like teams are going to see value it's it's getting harder and harder for teams to find true leaders nowadays just talking to guys in the league because a lot of players today, they they don't they struggle with holding teammates accountable. They want they want their teammates to like them. Um, like so, to me, KJ, that leadership element he brings, um, he's going to make some team really happy. And he he had a good week down here. We just got I just got done ripping through some of the one on one stuff, um, and it was good. I got another question, kind of along the lines with when, when you look at you know programs like Clemson, programs like Georgia, who. Man, it's just so much talent, and, and especially on the, the defensive lines of scrimmage. When you have a team that maybe rotates guys a little bit more often than not, how do you, how do you I guess, evaluate that from a scouting perspective of, of kind of asking, can, can this guy go the distance? Can he be the guy? What all goes into that when it's a rotation-heavy type defense? Well, you just got to look at the opportunities he gets, right? Like the, some of the stuff is it has to be a little bit of a projection in terms of stamina but but in the league they wave those they we're just talking about d linemen they get waved a lot more in and out than they do at the college level anyway um but i i totally understand the question um but i think that i think you know games like games like the senior bowl um give some of these guys like kenny mcintosh like if we're just keeping it with the georgia bulldogs um they're running back you know he played in a heavy rotation the whole time he was there i mean last year he had he had uh you know zamir white and james cook and this year they had a couple of young guys and um, so, you know, get him down here. Now, Kenny really got a chance to really showcase himself. Um, 
but that's yeah those those things are difficult those things can be difficult when you're such a loaded roster um sometimes you end up getting more once you get them in your building at the nfl level you end up with more than you, you think you're going to get jim i know because we have a lot of clemson people who listen and i was intrigued by your allen and mallory uh projections there where do you see kj henry in terms of round if you had to project it uh you know probably probably late day two early day three um you know right now just be i mean guys that can put heat on the quarterback go at a premium so i don't i don't see him slipping very far. I mean, I think he's probably fringe top hundred ish, um, right now. And again, a lot of that's based off the work we did and in my personal thoughts, but that's also, we do a lot of great sharing calls with teams in November when we're trying to put this thing together, um, trying to bring the guys they want to see. And, uh, that's, that's where a lot of the teams were with him kind of fringe, fringe top hundred ish. Okay. Very interesting. Um, one guy we definitely want to hit on, we had him on, uh, we've had him on before. He's a great character, Servasier Dennis from Pittsburgh. And he's a guy, well, y'all are talking about with Jamie Robinson. I mean, a football player has a knack for the football, played quarterback in high school, like has done a bunch of different things, but was really productive at Pittsburgh. And we know Pittsburgh has a knack for producing some really good defensive talent that has done well in the league. What do you like most about Servassier's game and, and where do you see him kind of projecting? Just the instincts. Um, I think it I think linebacker is one of those positions. Um, you really can't hang your hat on production. I mean, if guys can find their way to the football um, it, in junior high, they usually do it in high school. If they do it in high school, they usually do it in college. So uh, just the instincts, uh, you know, the toughness. You talk to that staff. I mean, they speak so highly of them. I was disappointed Sarasia couldn't get into the game because the game is big for the linebackers here because we don't really go to the ground during practice. It's really a big for both the running backs and the backers. Um, and yeah, he did some good things in coverage for the week. And that's another big part of it is these guys being matched to man coverage against backs and tight ends. Um, but the game itself, you know, you, you can you can see a lot of the linebackers that helped themselves in the senior bowl. They helped themselves on game day. So that was a little disappointing. But but no, he's such a smart football player, um, always around it, has a nose for it. And that stuff usually carries over. And it also carries over on special teams. It's hard to be a good special teams player if you're not instinctive. Like it's like you always talk about finding height, weight, speed guys to play in the kicking game. But if they don't have instincts, they can be running down there, you know, as fast and fast as they want and be as big, as strong as they want. But if they can't, if they can't find it or leverage the football, then they're not making plays. So he'll 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 for sure be a good special teams player at the next level as well. Yeah, excited to see him again. That aggression, as you said, you see it, and it's something that translates to every level of football with production and and getting after guys. Let's close it out with with this, Jim. Kind of two questions for you here. When you look at okay, we have this snapshot of of your college career. Now we have a snapshot of of collegiate all stars, senior bowl specifically. Then you're going into combine season and running and all these different things. How can a guy take steps from where he is right now? You, you said even a guy like KJ, who's a fringe 100 guy, how can he bust in you know, to that second round or, or early third round? What can guys like that that are really fringy do you know, right now to, to maybe take that next step? I would say maybe just exceed expectations on the testing um, and, and do a good job in these meetings, right? Like, here in Mobile, all these guys met with all 32 teams, really laying the groundwork. It's a pretty relaxed setting compared to like Combine. Um, it's a little more intense, some of the some of the interview stuff. So do, do a good job with that. And then if they do, if they, you know, sometimes you, you go into Clemson, their, their strength staff, Larry Greenlee, all those guys do a great job and they feed the scouts all the, the stuff that they have. Um, 
So maybe you surpass maybe what they think. You know, if you're, uh, I'd say Darius Rush. I know he's not an ACC guy, but he's a South Carolina guy. We had a corner down here, Darius Rush, who had an awesome week. And and we have the Zebra Technology data. They're the official data partner of the National Football League. So all this stuff, like the question on Darius, the teams have, can he run? And again, that sometimes that's a little laziness on scouts' part. You see a big corner, you're like, yeah, I don't know if he can run. Well, Darius came down here and was the fastest guy at the Senior Bowl this year, uh, which puts him in company with like Tariq Woolen and Terry McLaurin. Um, so now that box is checked. Now like he's gonna now he's gonna go to Indian runway faster than people thought, and then he can keep that positive momentum going. But I, I would just say interview and, and maybe test a little better than people expect. Yeah, which makes total sense there. And then last one for you, we'll, we'll get you out of here. Who's a guy that, and, and maybe it's a guy that we didn't mention. There's about six or seven guys we didn't bring up here. Who's that diamond in the rough? The man, they're, they're just right there. And if they can get in the right system or, or if they can get a little time, man, they can be a really good pro for quite some time. Well, two guys, two ACC guys we didn't talk about um, that, that did have good weeks. And again, just reviewing some of the one-on-one stuff. Uh, Tyreek Stevenson from Miami is actually over my shoulder right now. Um, and then Anthony Johnson from Virginia. You know, Anthony got player of the game during the game. He had a pick six. Really cool that he had a, a jersey of one of his, uh, one of the teammates that he lost this year with his teammates name on his back. That was really special. Um, but you know, Anthony's six one, two hundred and ten pounds. Tyreek six foot, two hundred and seven pounds. So you're, they both have almost thirty three inch arms. Like so, physical prototype of the position. They both have man cover skills. Um, again, I think they're in that fringy top hundred area too. Everyone's looking for big corners. So uh, I would say both those guys. I, I would look for. It'll, I'll be interested to see how those guys run at the combine. Again, that's always the default question: Can the big guys run? Um, so. <laughs> So we'll, we'll see, but they both certainly had good weeks down here. There you go. Easy enough, man. That question is whole life, Jim. <laughs> Can he run? <laughs> the answer is no. That's why I'm sitting here, not over there. Uh, but, Jim, we appreciate you, man. This was so much fun as always, and look forward to getting back down to Mobile next year. Yeah, I can't wait to get you back down. Thanks for having me on. Maybe we can wrap up the draft or something in a few months. Mac, we missed an opportunity to hang out with Jim in Mobile this year. Mac actually had XFL meetings, so he's a superstar. Kind of. I kind of had them. They were, they were like canceled, not canceled, snowed out, whatever. Shout out to the great country of Texas, not knowing what they want to do with their weather. Yeah, I told. I mean, I was worried because I knew Mac was trying to get out there during ice and snow, and Texas just shuts down, has no idea what's going on. Some Most people don't know, Mac flew out there for like, what, 12 hours and had to fly home because you flew out it was, and canceled? Yeah. Yeah. So I woke up at, I woke up at about three fifty on Monday. Eight. I landed in my, I pulled into my driveway at three fifty or three twenty AM on Tuesday. So yeah, it was great. It was so fun. Yeah. So Mac had a great time, but we missed Mobile. We missed Senior Bowl. We missed Felix's fish camp. That place. Amazing. Need some more of that seafood in our lives. But Jim got us caught up. Jim got us caught up on what was going on with the ACC guys. And I want to run through some of these bigger names in the first and second rounds that are projected. And we'll have some of these guys on in the next couple of weeks, but also just maybe hear who our listeners want to hear from. But I thought what really stood out to me, I think, from Jim, Keon White is a guy that your average ACC fan, when your team played Georgia Tech, you definitely mm-hmm. noticed him. <laughs> But he, he wasn't, you know, a huge name this season of, as, you know, the quarterbacks and everyone gets all the love. But Keon White is, is going to be 
he could end up in the first round, which mm-hmm. would be huge. And I think Matthew Bergeron is another kind of under-the-radar guy for Syracuse offensive lineman. I think what's going to be interesting about White is I think better aspirations than that. I mean, I think top 15. I mean, I think that he is going to kind of be, you know, that guy that not comes out of nowhere because he had a really good year. But it's one of those guys where you look at it and you're like, man, what? how did I miss this all year long? How was he not in discussion for defensive player of the year and things of that nature? But Keon just put together a really, really solid year. And, and to see how he did it uh, on top of his size, his abilities, man, it's just impressive. And, and as Jim was saying, uh, he's going to translate really well to the NFL. I'm excited to see what system he kind of gets in. Uh, again, as as Jim was saying, to move him around, to use his abilities. Don't just put him in a box, one position. Here's what you're going to do. Just let him be a player and, and go get after it. And then with Matthew Bergeron, as, as you said there, I think he is a guy that – Man had a solid career at Syracuse. Really grew into his own, you know, at the left tackle position there. But wouldn't be shocked at all if we see him slide into the guard spot. Uh, which, when you're playing in that phone booth, it's a little bit easier. Uh, although it being a, a much higher and difficult level as the NFL is. And Mac, look, no one's going to say playing guards easy. All right, we know you play. <laughs> it is easier. I will say that it is easier oh, than yeah. left tackle. I'm not going to stand for that nonsense. <laughs> Okay, a few big names, and these are – I just looked at a couple mock drafts today. Obviously, things are going to change. But these eight names stand out. One of them, Jim mentioned at the end, by the way, was at the Senior Bowl. But when you look at some of the first-round guys that seem to be somewhat consensus first-round guys, you have three Clemson Tigers. Miles Murphy is probably going to go first um, – not first overall, first of the ACC guys. Brian Brzee, Trenton Simpson, Zay Flowers. And Zay Flowers – the hype continues to rise with Zay, as it should. Dude is a dude. Second round, Josh Downs, North Carolina. Keon White, who we talked about. Kalijah Cansey, dealing with injuries, but we know how talented he is. And then I saw, I've seen some Tyreek Stevenson getting into the second round. The, sure. guy, the corner from Miami that Jim was talking about. So we're going to have some of these guys on coming at you. Would love to hear in the comments and on Twitter which guys you want to hear from the most. We have had Zay Flowers on. If you want to go find that and listen to that, we also had Servasia Dennis on, who we talked about with Jim. But what what are your thoughts on those guys, Mac? The kind of that top eight, if you will. Yeah, I am interested just to see how it falls. Um, I mean, you've got two guys, uh, you know, from Clemson that have been one A, one B. It seems like just moving Miles Murphy and, and Brian Brzee. Where are they going to end up? You know, I've seen them as, as high as the fourth pick. Uh, as low as maybe the 16th pick and kind of changes between the two. Uh, Who goes first of them and and really the first for the ACC? But I will say again, I think Keon White is going to be fighting, you know, for that spot, for for that guy, just because there's there's a lot of love. And here's what I know to be true about this whole process. Once the hype train starts, it doesn't slow down unless you just do something crazy to your character or anything of that nature. That thing's full steam ahead, and it's only going to get bigger and badder. Uh, so, so it's going to be interesting to see, you know, how far does he climb? But you know, I think that trio of tigers is is going to be kind of your best bet for early picks. Zay Flowers can't wait to see him run. I think he's going to really blow guys away at the combine if he runs. I'll put an asterisk on that. Yeah, right. Um, and, and if he does his thing, see, he's just such an explosive player. The things that he can do with the football, I mean, it, it's impressive, you know, to really see there. And then Kalijah can't see. You know, I think if that. Injury didn't occur when it did. I think we're talking about a, a guy that was going in the first round. I think that he's that electric of a player. I think he's going to be an absolute steal for somebody. Um, 
Criticism might be that he's undersized, but he's strong, he's fast, and just absolutely ferocious getting after the quarterback. So there's a lot of defensive guys for the ACC in this draft that I'm really really excited to see, KG. Definitely. And that pit pedigree speaks for itself, I think, when it comes to Kalaja Kansi. As you can hear and as you can tell, Amelia agrees with everything <laughs> that Mac is saying. She's like, preach, Dad. You're killing She's it. locked in. She's no locked in. It. But as we've said, so much more NFL draft coverage to come over the next couple months. So we're going to have these guys on. It's going to be great. We had a lot of, lot of fun with the NFL draft coverage last year. And I think it's going to be even better this year. Also, big announcement coming in March. So just stay tuned for that. Stay tuned. And then after that, for people who are still listening this late in the podcast, we will get into our summer guest series in the summer. And we've got some really big names that we're excited to talk to. So big things coming on Grammar. That's right, KG. That's right. And Amelia, um, she's going to make her debut soon. She's, yep. she's that talkative thing. It's getting up there. So she's starting to be more like her daddy, which is dangerous. Uh, for everybody in the surrounding area. But that's it from us, guys. Another great episode of Gramlick and McLean. Thank you for tuning in. Big shout out to our girl Molly Middleton over at the Senior Bowl for making this happen, getting Jim on and keeping him straight. Greatly appreciate him and his time. Uh, but go over to YouTube. If you're not here already, mash that subscribe button. Really appreciate y'all's support. Uh, it's been so much fun to see this thing grow over there. And, of course, the OGs over on Apple Podcasts. Rate, review, subscribe. So much fun to hear from you guys there. But until next time. We'll see y'all.